Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. So, I'm going to read a little bit to you, and then I'm going to speak to you. I'm just going to speak from the heart this morning. And uh, there has never been a more important time in American history for fathers to be fathers to their children. We look, on the, look out on the landscape of America, and we stand at the brink of health crisis, justice crisis, identity crisis, financial crisis, and spiritual crisis. Think about it. Think about all the things that's swirling around right now. You know, we have the whole Black Life Matters. We have the whole, uh, you know, identity thing that's been going on, and that's almost forgotten in, in the midst of this where, you know, are you a male or are you a female? Are you this or that? Or this day I'm going to be this, and on that day I'm going to be that. So we got all of that, and then we got, of course, the health crisis, the, the whole thing about coronavirus and, uh, you know, is, should we go out, should we not go out? And we got all of these things swirling around us. You know, we got the market going up and down and all over the place. And then we got people wondering, where's God in all of this? And what am I supposed to do? And so I want to read, says, says, which leaves us wondering what to do and how to be part of the solution rather than part of the problem. You have heard it said, and I quote, the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. This phrase came out of a poem written by William Ross Wallace praising motherhood as the preeminent force of change in the world. While I believe mothers have a crucial role in the rearing of their children, I am convinced that it is the fathers who train up their children that launches the arrows of change in the world. It is the fathers that raise up their children that launches the arrows that changes the world. And I'll speak more about that in a moment. You see, I see fathers like this. If any of you know anything about American football, there's a part of the football team called the offensive linemen. You don't know most of their names. You never hear much about them except when they mess up. (laughs) When they're not doing their job, it's when you hear their name called out. But when they're doing what they're supposed to do, There's no fanfare over them. That's the way I see fathers. The Bible says in Psalm, if you want to put that first scripture up, Psalm 127, verses 3 and 4, it says this, Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So that's what children are. It's important that we understand that. And I'm going to come back to that scripture in a few moments. But let me read on. You know, when I stand here before you, you probably heard many messages about the need of fathers and where are the fathers and what should the fathers be doing. And uh, today I want to bring 
something a little different to you. I want to bring the how. You know, we talk about the what, we talk about the why, but sometimes we leave out the how. And so I want to help those who are watching online and those who are listening. And while I'm speaking to the fathers, before the ladies, the grandparents, the singles turn me off, hear me out, okay? Because the women, the mothers, you can be our cheerleaders or you can be a hindrance to us being a father, to us carrying out our father mandate. Grandparents, same for you. You can be a hindrance or you can be a help to fathers. You see what I said to the wives, don't take the place of the father. Step back and let him do what he was supposed to do. And many times because he's stumbling and he's blumbling and sometimes he messes up, we want to rush in, women, and help him out. Step back and let him do what he's ordained to do. What he's been, be his cheerleader. Help support him. Help to encourage him to do what the father is supposed to do. Okay? Same with the grandparents. Help them. And for all you singles out there, you say, well, what does this message have to do with me? I tell you what, it has to do with you. For those who are in the dating or courting uh, cycle right now, and those who are about to enter, you can tell a lot by the girl you're dating or by the guy that you're dating by their relationship with their father. Pay attention. Pay attention. So I want to start out this way as I go. I'm going to go back to the, to the Psalm scripture. But I want to read this scripture because it's a scripture I guarantee you most of you have heard countless times. And so I'm, you're going to hear it again. Okay? And that is Proverbs 22, verse 6. And it states, train up a child in the way he should or he, he or she, I'm adding the she in there, should go, and when he is old or she is old, he will not depart from it. Simple verse, it seems, okay? Now, what does that verse really mean? I want to read a little commentary that I came across. It says, train up has the ideal of a father graciously investing in a child Whatever wisdom, love, nurture, and discipline is needed for him or her to become fully committed to God. It presupposes the emotional and spiritual maturity of the parent to do so. That's very important. In the way he should go is to do the training according to the unique personality, gives and as, gifts and aspirations of the child. In other words, every child is different. Don't just lump your children together and treat them all the same. I have two children, very different children, okay? So I have to, I have to look into their uniqueness and train them up according to their uniqueness. 
You see, there's an amazing thing about a, a fingerprint. There's only one. Every child is unique, and there's only one of them. There's not a duplicate fingerprint. There's one fingerprint. So when you raise up your child, you have to look at their uniqueness. It says here, it also means to train the child to avoid whatever natural tendencies he or she uh, have that would prevent total commitment to God. Hence, the promise is that proper development ensures the child will stay committed to God. Now, they may wobble. I wobbled. Many of us wobbled, you know, even though we, we came up. And I'm not talking about the dance. I'm talking about our life, okay? <laughs> yeah, there's a dance called a wobble, but I'm talking about our life. We wobbled a little bit, you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'll say the dance for another time, but. We wobble a little bit in life, okay? But that doesn't mean that we lose our way altogether, okay? I did for several years, and then the Lord brought me back to my roots. And so it's important. It says here that as a thought, you know, you think about this, and I want to draw out four words that when I read that and I start to look into that commentary, Four words came to my attention. Number one was interest. Number one, intentionality. Number three, uh, investment. And number four, involvement. And so I want to just really talk about those four words, you know, and the how that fits into that. So the first one is interest. Think about this. Until you see a child the way God sees a child, you won't be able to invest in that child the way you ought to. You see, some fathers see a child as, oh, it was a mistake. Some fathers have seen children as, oh, it was an accident. Some people saw a child as, oh, it's an interruption. But God sees them as a gift that he has given to you to steward. He doesn't belong to you. She doesn't belong to you. She belongs to God. But she's given, he's given them. For you to steward. You know, I was, um, some friends of ours lost their child earlier this year, and it was just a kind of a sudden thing that happened. Um, the child was, uh, I think, right, right around 23 years of age. Uh, very smart student, had just graduated from UCF, was entering the master's degree program and stuff, and just one night, fell dead. And you know, I'm like, what do you say to a parent when that happens? And uh, as I was walking in the door, the only thing that, I, that the, I heard the Lord say to me is tell the mom and the father, you stewarded my child well. These two parents, father and mother, spent countless hours pouring into their your child spiritually. You see, when we look at a child the way that God looks at a child, we have to understand that our children don't belong to us, but there are instruments that God has given us so that later he can launch them to change society. 
the only real change that comes in society is when the, cha- when the heart is changed. You got to understand that people's ideals, and Enrique said something very powerful last week as he was speaking. He says that there, there's a proverb that says, uh, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it comes the issues of life. You see, from the heart comes what we think, what we believe, what we do. All of those things come out of the heart. And so if we want real change in our society, we want real change in our justice system, we want real change in our economic system, if we want real change in life, we must change the heart. And God has given that responsibility in large part to you fathers. And so what we have to do, we have to understand that what we have in our hand is precious in the sight of God. Whether you got there through marriage, you know, you married and the pack, you, you got a package deal. <laughs> you married the woman and she had children. There's still your responsibility. Fathering is not just because you had a natural seed. Fathering is when you put the effort in to raise them up in the way they should go. So whether it happened by adoption, whether it happened by uh, uh, childbirth, natural childbirth, or whether it happened through marriage, you're still a father. And we must look at fathers, we must look at our children in the way that you go. And what we see, there's another verse in um, Deuteronomy 11. And, and you don't have to turn there, guys. You don't have to put that up. And it says this. It says, and, and it's verse 21. It says, So as long as the sky remains above the heaven, you and your children may flourish in the land the Lord swore to your ancestors. And what that verse, uh, that that was the tail end of a verse that was talking about uh, how we should raise our children. And, And what he's saying is there's a promise there that when we do there, when we do that, what? We will flourish. How many of you want to flourish? How many of you want your children to flourish? Well, there's something that is required of us to help our children to flourish. And so when we look at interest, we must see our children as a gift. We must uh, 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 understand that they are appointed to advance the kingdom. When we come into Christ, we are not long longer a part of a democracy, but we are part of a kingdom. And we are here to advance the kingdom of God in the earth. God hasn't changed his mind from the time that he created us in his likeness and in his image. He said he wanted us to have dominion, replenish the earth, and be fruitful and multiply. In other words, we can't do it alone, and our children will help us advance the kingdom purposes on earth. We have to understand that. Children are part of our legacy. How many of y'all want to die and no one else uh, uh, thinks about you any longer? I don't. I want somebody to say, hey, he poured into that one. He poured into his child, and they're carrying on the legacy. We have to understand that our children will carry on and carry forward the things that God has imparted in us that we impart into them. We have to understand, this is why we must take an interest in our children. 
They are involved in God's promises to us. I just read that scripture. Our children are involved in God's promise to us. God, and the last thing why we should take an interest is God is not asking us to train up our children. He's commanding us. And I'll just say this to you. Obedience is better than sacrifice. God is not asking us. He is telling us. Because when you go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, those are commandments, and it talks about how we should teach our children. And we'll talk about that in a moment. So we must first have an interest. See, if you don't understand the value of it, you will not have an interest in it. And when you don't have an interest in something, you have no involvement. You have no intentionality. You have no investment in something that you don't have an interest in. So we need to understand why we should have an interest in the rearing of our children, fathers. Don't leave it to the mothers. Step up. It's our responsibility primarily. We are the head of the house. And fathers, if you're not in the house, you can still be involved in their lives. The statistics are overwhelming. We see it all the time. I would encourage you to go out and look at the statistics, positively and negatively. Somebody said that, uh, told me the other day, I think it might have been Harvest uh, yesterday, mentioned that when he was, uh, as he was going through ministry life, they would take him into the prisons. And it didn't matter about ethnicity the large percentage of them were in there either did not have a father relationship or had a bad relationship with their father. The same, we hear the same statistics about runaways, about those who get involved in sex slave trafficking, about those that get involved in drug use. It's, It's overwhelming. But on the positive side, we hear a lot about those that move on, those that grow up, those that uh, uh, make a dent into, in society. So we have a responsibility. The second word that I want to talk about is intentionality. What does it mean to be intentional? That means that you have a plan and a purpose. It's not just by happen say, oh, when I come in today, if I'm not too tired, I will deal with my children. No, you are intentional. You say you plan for it. You have a focus on it. It is something that has a priority in your life when you have intentionality. And Deuteronomy 6, verses 5 through 7, I want you to put that up. Out of New, uh, New uh, Living Translation. It says, and you must love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Remember when I was given that commentary on Proverbs 22.6 when it says, it presupposes that you have the spirituality. See, God, fathers, it's got to start with our relationship with the Father. We don't have anything to pour into our children until we've been poured into. And unless we've been poured into, we have nothing to pour out. And so it's important, fathers, that we connect ourselves with the Father so we can be poured into 
to have something to pour out. Our relationship is key. It says you must love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. That's not 50% of it. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. That's 100%. All is all, right? Huh? All is. I looked in the Hebrew. All is. I looked in the Greek. All is. Doesn't change. No matter what language you look at, all is all. And so what he's saying with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, okay? And I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and we were talking about how we were, thought we were doing pretty good with spending time with the Lord. And, um, and then we came across a video uh, that Miles Monroe, some of you may, may know who Miles Monroe is. And he was talking to primarily about finances, but he made this little uh, statement he says, some of you ain't tithing your time. And we were like, we, we were like, yeah, we own that, though. We own that. He said, you have 24 hours in the day. That means 2.4 hours should be the Lord's. It got quiet in the room. And many of us said, well, I thought I was doing good given that first hour. <laughs> but I got to go back to the drawing board now. All your heart. That means we have to make God a priority in our lives, Father. We have to. This is the how. How do we train up our children? First, by making God a priority in our lives. That means that we have to get out the word and study the word. That means we have to read the word. That means we have to walk the word out in our lives. That means we have to be connected with like-minded believers. Hint, hint. Men's fellowship. <laughs> Men's ministry. Yeah. So what it says as I move on to, to the rest of that verse, it says here, you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that, I give, that I'm giving you today. And then it says this, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home. Fathers, it's not the mother's responsibility to teach them the word, it's ours. Break out your Bible and read the word to your children. Break out your Bible and talk about the word to your children. Break out the Bible so that they can see you. Our children need to see us reading our word. He said, Enrique said something so powerful. He said, he said I want my children to see me praying. I want them to see me reading. I want them to see me worship. You know why we have family worship? Because we want our children to see us with our hands lifted up, worshiping the Lord, because they will catch more than they will be taught. More is caught than it is taught. And when they see you doing something, they will mimic what they see. Paul said this, imitate me as I imitate Christ. 
So that's why the children are in here. So fathers, we don't have to be stoic in here. We can stand up and lift our hands up and allow our children to see us with our hands lifted up. We can allow them to see us with tears rolling down our eyes when the Lord is touching our hearts. And our boys will know that they can also have a tender side in their lives. I want you to know, it says, talk about when you're at home, when you are on the road, when you go to bed at night, when you get up in the morning. What is the first thing that your children see you doing? I know me and my son made a pack a, a, a while back, a year or so ago. And we said, we're going to give the first hour to the Lord. <laughs> now I'm going to have to modify that or something. But we're going to give the first hour to the Lord. And we made an agreement. And the first thing that I wanted my son to see me doing was not go get a cup of coffee. Didn't, didn't mean to step on nobody's feet. I'm not, I'm not being legalistic about this. If you have to, get it. But I wanted my son to see me doing the first thing is on my knees and, and reading my words so that he knows that oh, God is a priority. I'm not just talking about it. I'm doing it. And so what we want to do is show our kids. Think about that. He says, when you wake up and when you go to bed at night, you know. I know we used to always, the one thing that my father used to always make us do was we had to say our prayers at night. And that stuck with me, you know. Even when I was wobbling, you know, I still said my prayers at night. I still prayed over my food when I got ready to eat. So something stuck with me even though I was wobbling some. See, when you are intentional, you have a forethought. You don't just go and, oh, if I have time to do this, oh, if I have time to do that. You make time to do it. You take a priority in doing it. You know, I heard a, 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 a very well-known speaker say this, and he said this stuck with him. He said when he was about 10 or 12 years old, his father was presented one Christmas day with the opportunity to go to work and get triple pay or stay at home and spend the day with his children. And his father contemplated it. And he made the decision to stay home and be with his kids over triple pay. And he said that thing spoke volumes to him. You know what it spoke to him? You're important. You're a priority. We have to understand that we have to plan and be thoughtful you know, when my kids were in school, I used to get out my calendar, and I, was, I would get with their calendar. And when they had certain events and certain things, like 
field trips and stuff like that, I would put it on my calendar, vacation day from work, to spend the day with them. And I'll never forget walking into a room one day. It's my daughter's classroom, and I walked into the room, and I was standing there, and the teacher went, can I help you? And I was like, yeah, I'm here for the field trip. And the teacher looked at me and went, oh, my God, it's a father. It's a father. Oh, my God, it's a father. And then she caught herself because it was so unusual. And all those mothers were there. But there was a father taking time out of his schedule to spend time with his children. I used to get up in the morning and take my children to school sometimes. Not because it was easy or comfortable, but because it was purposeful. Because I wanted to be intentional about making sure that they knew how important they were to me. See? We need to be intentional fathers. We need to focus. We need to ask ourselves how important. We need to make time to take time with our children. Okay? We only have them for a short period of time in our home. Take the time to, 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 to be involved in their lives. Verse says here in, um, and I'm, I, I only got a couple more things I want to say to you. The next one, the next word is investment, and investment and involvement kind of go together, okay? Investment. You know, when you make an investment, what do you do? You take something that you have, and you put it into something, right? You take something you have and you put it into something. Take the life that I have and put it into my children. Take the skills that I have and put them into my children. Take the knowledge of the Lord that I have and part it to my children. That's what God is asking us to do. And in Ephesians chapter 4, it says this. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from God. You know how sometimes we provoke our children? By not spending time with our children. They figure, well... Guess I'm not that important. Dad's got more important things to do. You know? We have to take the time. You know? And y'all got it easy nowadays. Y'all do. Because now if your children say, Dad, let's go outside and throw the ball, or your daughter say, Dad, let's go out and jump rope, and you're watching your favorite game, you can hit that DVR button. Record that game and come back and watch it later. In my day, couldn't do that. It was miss or make. And so I had to make a decision. Should I watch the game? It's just the game. 
but it's my game and my team. But my kids wanted to do something different, which is more important. When we talk about making an investment, time with them and time with the Lord about them. Time with them, but also time with the Lord about them. Every day, of my, every day I wake up and a portion of my prayer is for my children. It's about my children. And my children are adults now. You never stop being a father. Your roles may change in your fathering, but you never stop. But I, 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 I understand that you, you spend time with the father. How will you know your child unless you talk to the father who created your child? See, we make assumptions about our children instead of talking to the father who created them and knows all about them. We need to talk to the father about our children. See? And the very child that you think, oh, this, 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 this child is a headache, this child is a problem, that may be the next leader of this United States of America, but you don't understand because they don't fall into what you think. Talk to the Father about them. Learn the unique things that he's put inside of them. We got to have the right attitude about our children, you know. Children, they, 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 mm-mm. They, children are the best psychologists out there. They know how to press your buttons. They do. They do. And when daddy says no, then they'll go to mama, but they won't tell mama that daddy said no. And when mama say yes, because they didn't tell the whole story, they go back to daddy. Well, mama said, we have to understand. We have to have a right attitude. We can't get angry or upset. We got to deal with it in the right way because the wrong response can leave an open wound in your child. Many a child have been wounded because of wrong responses at critical times in their life. Okay. So we have to be. We have to be flexible. Flexible during the stages that they're going through at different ages. We have to be flexible with our children. Younger ages, they want to spend a lot of time with us. As they grow up, not so much. Younger children, we can dictate. Older children, we have to counsel. There's a difference. You can't come in and say, you will clean up your room at this time, and you will do this, and you will do that. And they're sitting there going, mm-hmm. Watch me. No. We have to learn how to be counselors. We have to learn how to understand the stages of life that they're going through, how they're finding their way. And we, we walk through with them as they're finding their ways. I tell you, it's, it's important. 
It's important. It's so important that we help them walk through life. That we help them to walk through their ways. When they start asking questions about children, about boys, the, the, our little girls, when the, when the little girl starts asking us, you know what my dad used to say? Boy, I'll talk to you about the birds and the bees. I'm like, birds and bees? I ain't talking to you about birds and bees. I'm talking to you about girls. I didn't understand that. He didn't want to deal with that. See? So I went to the street. Street taught me about the girls. And it wasn't good. I thought it was good until I read the word of God. You got to understand at different points in life, we need to be there for them to ask the questions, for us to give some answers. And when we don't know the answers, you need to admit that you don't know the answers. And then you walk through the word together to find the answers. This is the how-to, guys. I know it ain't a shouting message, but I'm trying to help you out. Those who are watching online, I'm trying to help you out. I'm trying to help you take those precious gifts and be able to launch them out to change the world. We got to model what we want them to do. I hear parents all the time saying, where did, where did that word come from? And before they can get the sentence out, they've already used a four-letter metaphor, you know? The blip, where did that blip, blip, blip word come from? You? Did you just hear yourself? Why is my children watching that, 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 that? You? You have your little nighttime dramas that you're watching? Why are my children trying to drink that, Do you watch yourself drinking that, What we want our children to do, we must model it before them. You treating your wife any old kind of way? Well, they're going to figure they can be treated any old kind of way. That's why a little girl sometimes. My daughter, I remember she was probably about 15 years old. And some kid said something to her. He called her the B word. She whipped around and looked at him and said, let me tell you something, first of all. You don't have a vocabulary. You don't know me, and you don't treat me like that. My daddy don't treat me like that. He don't treat my mama like that, and you ain't going to talk to me like that. And she proceeded to undress the young man, not using any swear words, and when he got finished, I felt sorry for him. But the fact of the matter was, things had been modeled before her that she understood was not, people were not going to treat her that way. And my son, the same way. You know, things have been modeled before them. And so when they see these things, they understand these things, and they will do those things. Fathers, 
you are more, you are so influential when you're not even thinking about being influential. Think about that. Think about that. You make a promise to your child and then you break your promise, then the child grows up thinking that promises don't mean anything. But the more you make a promise and keep your promise, the more the child realizes that my word is my bond. That what I say, I need to think about it before I say it because it's important for me to keep it. These are the types of things that I'm, try I'm trying to help you all out. We need to be involved in teaching them the basic skills of life, you know. Can't believe people are 20, 22 years old, don't know how to make a bed. Don't know how to cook an egg. <laughs> don't know how to clean a house. Don't know how to, how to do the basic things with a car. What I'm talking about is when we involve ourselves, don't understand how to manage money. Don't know nothing about a checkbook. Think money grows on trees and they can just go out and snatch one off the... No, we need to be involved in teaching our kids. And then we wonder why, why they're using that, why they're just wasting their money because you didn't get involved in their life to teach them how. You didn't show them how to decide on, on a career. You see, we need to be involved in all of that. When my daughter and my son was talking about going to college, we were right there. I was right there. I didn't leave it to the wife and say, oh, I got to go to work. No, I wanted to be involved in helping them to plan their future. I wanted to be involved in what decisions they were making. I wasn't making the decisions for them, but I wanted to be involved. Involved. Everybody say that word, involved. That means that you are partaking in it. And I want to say something else, and this is very important, more important than you think, okay? Have fun with your kids. Get into their world. Now, my world is not video games, but my son's world is. And, and, and so I had to take and go into the video game, and when he beat the tar out of me <laughs> in the video game, he was happy. He was like, yeah, Dad, let's play it some more. I'm like, I don't think so, bro. <laughs> Just beating the snot out of me here on this video. But we have to enter into their world, take an interest in the things they have interest to understand. You see? To understand what is God doing in their life and what does God want to do through their life. Treat them as individuals. I already said something about that. And do not compare your children with other children or even with their siblings. Okay? Think about it. Think about um, Esau and Jacob and how they got compared with one another. And how it caused so much friction between the two brothers. You see, when we start comparing our children with other children and we start comparing them, they think they have to be like somebody else. And so it takes away from their uniqueness. We're not raising robots. We're raising children. 
They're unique. They're individuals. So understand that. I've got just a couple of more, and then we'll, we'll be finished. And then we want to do something here. Show them about the relationship with God. You know, every time we did something, whether it was disciplining our children, whether it was encouraging our children, we would take them to the word of God. Why? Because now they don't have to rely on us. They can go find it themselves. We had to help our children understand that the same things that we're asking of them is the same thing our father is asking of us. So we're not doing something that we're not responsible to, to, to do ourselves. We're not asking something of them that's not being asked of us. And so when we understand that, when we show them the relationship we have with God, then what do you think it's going to cause them to do? They're going to want to have a relationship with God too. When we show them authentic relationship with God, teach the word. In other words, remember this. The primary responsibility of your children is not the churches. It's not the schools. It's not the youth group. It's not the government. It's you. You make the decisions. Don't send your kids to church. Bring your kids to church. Because when they see you at home and you're sending them out, then they say, well, it ain't that important to daddy, so it ain't that important to me. And as they grow up, and they move from, from you being a dictator in their life to a counselor in their life, they're going to make a decision not to be involved or invested in that part of their lives. But when you bring them to church and they see you at church and you are involved in the church, huh? then they say, okay, there's something to this. And they'll get involved as they grow up. We have to understand these things. Like I said, this is not a shouting message. This is a teaching message. Pray over your children. Pray with your children. And pray for your children. Pray with your children. Pray with your children. There are times when you want to pray with your children, fathers. Pray with your children. I keep saying that because I want it to sink in. Pray with your children. There are times when you take them by the hand, you bring them into the room, and you pray with them. And you might say, well, I'm not that good of a prayer. Just talk to the Lord. You don't have to come up with the thee, thou, those, these, that, those, these. Just, just say what's on your mind to the Lord. Pray with your children. Pray for your children and pray over your children. One of the most important things is to release a blessing. We're going to do that later today. It's to release blessings over your children. Release blessings over your children. Pray over them. Be open with them. When you mess up, fess up. You know, my son said something to me so powerful, and it took me, it caught me off guard. And he, and he said this to me about a, a couple of years ago. He says, Dad, and we, we were having one of those conversations. 
He said, Dad, you know, for a while I was afraid to approach you because you always seem to always have it all together. And see, for him, that was an intimidation because he didn't see me in my faults. He thought I always had it all together. Fathers, it's important that when your children see you mess up, that you fess up. That you ask for, 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 for forgiveness from them sometimes, you know. That way, what is it saying that when part of that uh, video we show, that way they know that we are human. They know that we're not perfect. Don't raise your child to be something that you're not. Raise them to be what you are, and that is we're human. And understand this as I get ready to close. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you with a couple of statements. Um, listen to your children. Don't hear your children. Listen to your children. Hearing is a functional thing. Listening is an intentional thing. When you listen, you sit down and you pay attention to what they're saying. You pay attention to how they're saying it. You pay attention to the tone of what they're saying. We have to learn to listen to our children, not with the thought in mind, yeah, not with the thought in mind to have an answer, but the thought in mind to receive what they're saying. And then if it's time for an answer, we'll, we'll give that answer. So I want to leave you with a couple of quotes here. It says, every father should remember one day his son will follow his example, not his advice. That was by Charles Kettering. My father gave me the greatest gift anyone could give another. He believed in me. Jim Valvano. My father didn't tell me how to live. He lived and let me watch him do it. Clarence Budding uh, Keelan. The quality of a father cannot be seen in the goals, dreams, and aspirations he sets, not for himself, but for his family. Read Markham. Let me read that again. The qualities of a father can be seen in the goals, dreams, and aspirations he sets, not only for himself, but for his family. How many of you fathers have a vision for your family if you don't get one? Dads are most ordinary men under by, uh, turned by love into heroes, adventurers, storytellers, and singers. A get father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in society. That was Billy Graham. I'm going to read that again. It says, a good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in society. And the final thing, uh, somebody could get the children to uh, come in. It says, uh, Frederick Douglass said this, 
It's easier to build strong children than to repair a broken man. It's easier to build strong children than to repair a broken man. So fathers, it's not too late. Maybe you made a mess of it to this point. Make a decision today to right the ship. Maybe you haven't been in your child's life. And I'm speaking to those online, online as well as any that it might apply to here. But make a decision today to become part of their lives. It's so important. And in a moment, what we're going to do is the children have prepared something to show their gratitude to the fathers. And so while I'm waiting for them to come, I just want to ask if there's any fathers out there today or fathers that are watching online, maybe you don't know the Lord. That's where it all starts. It starts with our relationship with the Father in order for us to be an effective Father. And so I just want to say to you today, if you're out there, today is a good day to turn your life over to the Father and allow Him to pour into your life so you can pour into others' lives. And for all you fathers who think, well, my job is done because my kids are grown and gone, look around you. There are, father, there are children all over the place, boys and girls that need to be fathered. And as Pastor George said earlier today, you know, we need, we, he, he, he quoted a verse in, in 1 Corinthians that said, though we have 10,000 teachers, this is what Paul said, though you have 10,000 instructors, you have not many fathers. Look around you. You want to help make society a better place? Start being a father to someone. You want to make a real change in life? Start being a father to those who need one. So I want all of the fathers to stand up because our children have something they want to present to you. Remain standing until your, a child gives you a gift. All the fathers stand up. Here comes our precious little gifts. They're coming. And maybe your child is not here today, but you're still a father. We want to make sure all fathers that are here today get a gift. And they took the time and the effort to make these special gifts. You see, this year we decided we, we didn't want to just go out and buy stuff. We wanted the kids to pour their heart and soul into something. Are there any fathers that did not get a gift yet? Any fathers that did not get a gift yet? Right over here, there's a father's back there, all the way in the back. Right over here, there's a father over here. 
We want to make sure that every father gets a gift. give the mic back to uh, Pastor George. Come on up. Um, I don't know how he wants to do this. But we want to make sure that the fathers gather with their family, especially their children. That's why we call the children in. Because we're going to ask that the fathers pray a prayer over their children. Yes, right here, right now. We're going to activate what we've been talking about. And I know this may, may not be able to, uh, if, you're, if your children are here, we want all of the fathers to pray over children. But we also want to do this. If you're a child here today and your father is not here, when, when we ask you, we want you to come forward and the fathers of the ministry will pray over you, okay? I don't care how old you are, you're somebody's child. And if your father's not here to pray with you, we want you to come up front so that the fathers of the ministry can pray over you. Could you give Pastor Keith a big hand? Come on, before we leave. Now, I want everyone to stand up because I, I, I feel led to do two things. Joel, if you could put that scripture I gave you in the beginning. I want everyone to look at me for just a minute. <laughs> While I was in prayer yesterday, I want everyone to stand up. Can we stand up, please? We're, we're going to dismiss you, but I'm, I'm about to do something prophetic uh, that is going to help just our children and ourselves. Um, I want all the fathers that are here all the fathers that are here to come up front right now. Come on, come up front. If you're a father, I want you to come up front. Come on, that's right. Don't look at me like that. Go ahead and come out. They're rolling their eyes. No, come on, man, come on. And here's what we want to do. Come on. And I want all the fathers to face the congregation. All right? All the fathers line up in a straight line. Now, all the kids, all the kids, so this is a straight line, guys. All the fathers. Come on, there's some next to me. I want all the kids to stand up, for, uh, get up here and face all the, all the dads here. Okay, get in front. Get in front. Come on. Come here. Now, now here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. If your father is up here, then obviously you go to your dad. <laughs> okay? Now, uh, I want my kids to come up here too. Come on, come on. I want all the kids to come up. Not just little kids. Not just little kids. Come on, the, the teenagers. Teenagers. The young adults. If you're if you're if one of your dads are here or, or or something, I want you to get in front of them. 
I want you to get in front of them. Now, now listen. Now, here's what I'm asking, okay? If any of the fathers here right now, any of the fathers here, raise your hand if your child is not here with you. If, it, if, if your child is not here or he doesn't go to this church, that's fine. Raise your hand, okay? Raise it high, raise it high, raise it high. Okay, you got Dave here. Keep it up, Dave here. All right, you got Lewis. All right, so I want people here that if your dad is not here, I want you to go to one of these dads as, and stand in proxy, okay? I want you to go to some of these dads. All right, now, with that said, with that said, listen, listen, this is awesome. My brother Daniel, I love you, man. It's good to see you, man. Come here, give me a hug. I love you, man. Listen, this is a holy moment right now. In just about a minute, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have the fathers speak a blessing to the children. Even if it's not your children, I want you to speak, stand in proxy. And then I want the children, listen, to say a prayer over your fathers. Because we're not perfect. My, my kids can know we're not, per, we're not perfect. But we're human and we want your best. And we want you to forgive us for not spending enough time with you or not understanding you. But with that said, we still, there's, a, there's something powerful that happens when a father releases a blessing. With that said, I've been wanting to say this scripture, and I want you to look at the screen. Go ahead, and if someone back there, there you go. Now, listen, 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 listen. This is important. I shared this with the, the, the fathers yesterday. The Holy Spirit spoke to me when one of the men were speaking yesterday, very clearly. He said, son, listen to me, listen. He said, son, what was Jesus' responsibility when he came to earth? Right? Now, there's a lot of responsibilities, right? And I started thinking, and immediately I felt that Jesus said, my one of my responsibilities for coming to earth was to show his disciples and people who? Who? The Father, because Je Holy Spirit comes to, to reveal who? Jesus. The Bible says the Spirit comes, He will testify of me, right? Jesus came to reveal the Father. Holy Spirit came to reveal Jesus. More. Watch, watch this. The Holy Spirit spoke to me yesterday. When people see us as fathers, do our children see the Heavenly Father? Now watch this. Watch this. If you had known, put it in verse, yeah. If you had known me, watch what Jesus said. You would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him. You know the father. Watch. And you've seen him. Now, now he, they had not seen the father physically yet. Now watch this. Listen to me. Look at this. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the father. Everybody say, show us the father. And it is sufficient for you. Now watch this. You would think Jesus said, okay, here comes the, my father right behind the corner. Look what he says. Especially I'm speaking to the dads here. Jesus said to him, have I been with you this long and you have known not, you not know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? And this is what the Holy Spirit spoke to me with conviction. With all the dads, and I'm including my, myself here. Dads, do our children see the Father when they see their Father? Do they see God? So with that said, I want us to take a moment. And I want us to bless our kids. And after we finish praying, young people, I want you to pray for your dads. Can we do that? Come on, let's pray now. Come on, let's pray.
Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.